Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Hulkcast. With an elite stadium in Anfield being our destination for the weekend, it felt only right to draft in an elite guest for this one. With appearances for Liverpool, West Ham, Wigan, Preston North End and Sheffield Wednesday to his name, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome now Sky Sports and LFC TV reporter Neil Meller to the channel. How are you, Neil? I'm very well. I've been described worse than elite before, so thank you for that introduction. <laughs> now let's get let's get straight into it then. Liverpool start to the season so far, so far. Sorry, you've got a draw to Chelsea, a win to Bournemouth, and a win to and a win to um, Newcastle. Sorry, away at St James's Park. That's our bogey ground. So to see who win there is always nice. Now the the two wins, Bournemouth and Newcastle, obviously both coming from behind. Very interesting games. What can you tell us about them so far? I can say it's been a good start for Liverpool. Um, I think one of the problems Liverpool had last season was our away form. And we've had two very tough away games in in Newcastle and Chelsea. We've picked up four points there. I'm not sure many teams in the Premier League will get four points at those two venues. Yourselves can obviously vouch for that already. A a tough place to go to, Newcastle. But we expected to beat Bournemouth. Obviously, it was made a little bit more difficult because we had a a red card at 2-1. So we're thinking they've actually played quite well, Bournemouth, uh, pressed quite high, a little bit different to, to last season. So at 2-1, down to 10 men, you're thinking it could be nervy. But we got the third goal and it ended up being more comfortable than perhaps it might have been. But yeah, at home, we're really strong. We are really strong and we expect that to continue this season. Just away is where we need to improve. And, and the two results so far show that we've we've improved in that area at the start. I'm going to touch on that Anfield form just slightly later on. But for now, I want to focus on the man of the moment in terms of a Liverpool persuasion, Darwin Nunes. Obviously, it hasn't quite hit the rocks for him since he signed. But those two goals at St. James's Park, I mean, you can see what it meant to him. It will have done him the world of good, right? Unbelievable finishes. Yeah, I mean, I think when he comes on, you're thinking, can we nick a draw? And we end up going on and winning. And and that's because... He's been disappointed. There's no doubt about that, Nunes. He's been on the bench for all the Premier League games so far this season. He obviously wants to start. The manager hasn't started with him. Um, but it, but he has come on in all the games and showed a good attitude. And, and there was his, his first goals this season. Nunes actually played in Liverpool's best result last season. Our best result last season was beating Man United 7-0. I had to get it in. I'm sure Villa fans might have enjoyed it themselves. But uh, we beat them 7-0. Nunes started that game. He scored two goals, but he was out on that left-hand side. Obviously, Diaz is back fit. It's unlikely he'll, he'll be out on that left-hand side. But the way the way he came off the bench against Newcastle, you're thinking, he's in with a shout to start against Villa, surely. He's different to Gakpo and Jota playing down the middle. But I think he definitely comes into uh, the manager's mind to start for this one. I mean, I'm conflicted. Obviously, I don't want him to to play well against Villa, but he's actually in my fantasy team. And so far, I'm bottom of the league and facing a forfeit. Obviously, early days. So let's hope that he he does well for the rest of the season. Anyway, um, I'm just going to touch on your transfer business. Obviously, as of recording, the transfer window is still open. It feels like from a neutral and 
feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, that it's been a bit of a whirlwind for Liverpool. Obviously, you've had these links to Caicedo, Lavio, and obviously Bellingham at the very beginning, who, for whatever reason, those three didn't come off. You you look like you've done some good business. And are you, are you still finished? Is there, is there any more to expect? Well, Bellingham was no surprise because I'm not sure many players would ever turn down Real Madrid. So, so that was never um, a surprise to me. I think Casado and Lavia probably were because in my head, I can't understand why they'd want to sign for Chelsea over Liverpool. We finished above Chelsea the last six seasons. We're in Europe. Uh, we're a lot closer to challenging City than Chelsea. So that was a big surprise that both decided not to come. It was clear the club wanted them and identified that that is an area Liverpool need to strengthen. We've lost Henderson, we've lost Milner, we've lost the Ox, we've lost Fabinho, we've lost Cater. We have lost a lot of players in midfield. We've brought in McAllister, who looks decent, to be fair, from Brighton, really decent. Um, we've brought in Soberslai, Hungarian captain. He, oh, he's a player. He's going to definitely... And then you're thinking, well, we still look a little bit light in midfield. Obviously, Bajetic is getting back fit. You you know all about him. Scored at Villa Park last season. Uh, he won't score many goals in his career, by the way, but he's a very, very good player. Thanks for that, Neil. Yeah, he, he won't. Um, but but Thiago as well is another player who's close to fitness. But I'm still hoping, I mean, I'm talking to you with the window still open, that Liverpool will get something done, whether that is a defensive midfield player, whether that's covering defence. We've got Van Dijk suspended, Canate, a doubt for the Villa game. So uh, we're a little bit light in those defensive areas. I'm hoping that one more can get through the door. Yeah, and in terms of outgoings, you mentioned how many players are going there. And obviously there's... There's this rumour surrounding Mo Salah still, and I saw something about Mo Canate, uh, sorry, who has also faced interest from Saudi. Is there any real worry for you that those two could also depart? I think with Liverpool not in the Champions League, it becomes more of a worry than it has been in recent seasons. Um, I think Salah one day, one day will eventually go there. I, I think he's become Liverpool's greatest ever Premier League attacker because of the numbers he's produced, goal scoring, assists. He's been absolutely brilliant, won the lot for Liverpool. I'm not worried about going this window. I'm talking to you now. You might release this and he's gone. <laughs> but that's that. that is the way football works. We know that. I don't think Liverpool will lose in this window. Um, I'd be surprised if if anything happened this season with Salah. I, I, I firmly believe he will stay. Um, but then we'll see how Liverpool finish the season, whether we are back in the Champions League, whether we've competed again for the Premier League title. So uh, one day I think he will go. I just don't see it happening soon. Obviously, Canate, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, if we lost him. But yeah, the, the Saudi league is... It's getting more vocal, isn't it? And uh, and taking a few players away. I'm sure you Villa fans will be the same, hoping that they don't take any of your key players away. But Liverpool, Villa, there'll be a lot of Premier League clubs looking over the shoulder thinking, we do not want them to be taking our best players. And at the moment, they're looking like they do want to take a few over there. Yeah, it's interesting. There's rumours flying about a man who you know all too well in Philippe Coutinho. He could be one that departs within the last few days of the window. Let's put yourselves into some different shoes. And you are sat in the boardroom with five or six days left of the transfer window. What are you saying to not only Jurgen Klopp, but the rest of Liverpool's backroom staffers? What do you think you need? I think we've brought in Endo, uh, um, a Japanese international who from the Bundesliga needs to settle into life in the Premier League. I think a real natural sitter. Somebody who wants to defend in that defensive midfield play and help sort of when our fullbacks go forward because they like to go forward. I think that would be the area I'd like to see Liverpool strengthen. Whether that plays out there, uh, whether the deal can get done, I don't know. Obviously, Casado was one that Liverpool fancied, didn't happen. Lavia the same. But but that would be ideal. Also, cover maybe in defence, you know, to play centre back, to also play in either fullback area. Gomez is one of those players. 
But we know with his injury record, Canate the same. If Liverpool were to be out without Van Dijk or maybe Canate, then all of a sudden you're thinking we might look a little bit lighter there. So ideally two, one in defence and one in midfield. But it's so close to that window, isn't it? So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And one of the questions that I like to ask at the beginning of the season anyway, and I still class this as the beginning of the season, only three games in, is your expectations for the season as a whole. Have the three games so far maybe changed that at all? Or are you still sticking with what you thought at the beginning? Yeah, I, th- I think for me, from a Liverpool point of view, is get back in the Champions League. We've been in the Champions League for a number of seasons and we love it. Uh, we've done well in it. We've obviously won it, been in a couple of finals. So to get back in the Champions League is, is the first target for Liverpool. Um, to win a cup would be great. We're obviously in the Europa League. We've got the FA Cup, the League Cup, all possibilities. So to, to win one of those would be a good season. To challenge for the title is very difficult because we all know City are the team to beat. If Liverpool are to challenge for the title, and it's not unrealistic to say that it's possible um but we have to improve defensively uh, and that is the big thing um we were the seventh best defensive record in the premier league last year that is going to get you nowhere near challenging the title when we won the league we were the best defense in the league and that is where we have to get to what we played three premier league games we've not had a clean sheet so far this season we've got your lot coming to anfield at the weekend thinking i'll be happy with a clean sheet because you lot can certainly attack. So um, clean sheets have to start arriving for Liverpool if we are to challenge for that title. You mentioned how strong you are at home and how that Anfield atmosphere can really push the team on. Got a stat for you. I'm going to interrupt you because I've got a stat. Just just to let you know how good we are at home. Here we go. You might be aware of this. You might not. Liverpool have lost one in 94. You heard that correct. 94 home Premier League games when the fans have been inside the stadium. Wow. Villa fans. Leeds United are the only team to come to Anfield, and that was a late winning goal, um, to beat us at Anfield in the Premier League, one in 94. Yes, I think I remember that. That was the um, infamous Jesse Marsh celebration, wasn't it? There you go. So so, so oh. what I'm saying is, Anfield is a tough place to go to. You gave us a proper game there last season uh, when it was 1-1. Um, God, VAR had a bit of a nightmare, didn't they? Can you remember I, that one? Can yes, you remember well, that one? How did Ming stay on the pitch in the first half? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contradict you that. I don't think it was a red card. I think it was one of those where he got the ball and it just happened that the follow through. But I mean, the rules are changing all the time. That if you're I'm not happy with sure someone anymore. getting stud marks all the way down the neck and the chest, then absolutely fine. Don't make me out like that, Neil. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you. What do you think about the Van Dyke decision and also the um, McAllister decision? Obviously, that one got overturned. What are your thoughts on both of them so far this season? Yeah, I thought I thought the McAllister one at the time was, is it? And then you see the replay and you're thinking, surely not. And thankfully that was rescinded because he's an important player for Liverpool. Van Dijk one was definite foul. Now, I'm an ex-centre forward and I'm saying, I'm in on goal. He's got, he's got to go. Ref, he's got to go. Now, from a defensive point of view, I can see their argument to say, did the striker have control of the ball? I can see that. I think it's more of a red card than not. Uh, obviously, Van Dijk, I don't think that red card will be rescinded. The worry for Liverpool is there could be an extra game because of the reaction after the red card. So, uh, yeah, Van Dijk, for me, I'm not expecting him to be in that starting lineup for Aston Villa, which which is good news for you lot. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where I think whatever the referee makes, VAR isn't going to turn it. So you're getting into that sticky situation there. If they rescind it, they're setting a, a dangerous precedent. Now, we touched on the Anfield atmosphere. Just how much of the fans give the team a boost? Huge, absolutely huge. It, it, it is always 
been that way. Liverpool speak about famous European nights, but since Jurgen's come in, there's a connection at Anfield with him, the players, the fans, and it, and it is really strong. It's a difficult place to come to. I think maybe we had too many draws there last season. You know, yourselves included, Brighton, Crystal Palace, there was points dropped. Uh, so I think that's where Liverpool will look to improve. Um, but it is a difficult place to come to. If this was at Villa Park, I'd be saying to you, I take a point because I know how strong you lot are at home. You come into our place, I'm thinking a lot of your Villa fans would be saying, I take a point. So, so that's the difference. We're really strong at home. Uh, you lot are strong at home. But but yeah, it's it's a very, very difficult place to, to come to. You started really well last year. You got the opening goal. You, you missed the penalty. Um, but in the end, we ended up getting a, a 1-1 draw, didn't we? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, and I mean, I think I remember it could have been, you could have won it late on, couldn't you? Did you have a goal disallowed or have I dreamt that? No, we had we had one disallowed. Gakpo had one disallowed. Yes, I can't, I, I can't remember if I need to be having a go at the VAR for that one. <laughs> or, but the, the red card definitely because that was first half. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now you mentioned No Van Dyke this weekend. Just how crucial is that? How much does he command? You know, we know how much of a leader he is. We know how much you know he sets that back line and how everyone moves with him. How much of a miss is that going to be this weekend? Yeah, big blow. Big blow. And the reason being, he's been the captain this season. Jordan Henderson has left. Van Dijk's been given the captain's armband. So it looked like he's enjoyed that extra responsibility. Um, so yeah, him missing is, is a big blow because you're thinking, who's going to come in? Is Canate going to be fit for starters? We think he will be, but not sure. Uh, and then will it be Gomez or, or Matip in there alongside him? So I'm not sure. But as a leader, he certainly will be a big blow. And, and I'm sure for Villa, when they see the team sheet... And they see no Van Dyke, the natural instinct is like, I have more of a chance. When you see Van Dyke's name on the team sheet, I'm sure Watkins are seeing it thinking, God, it's been a tough game, this one. Uh, and that's the reality of the, the best players have that sort of reputation. I'm not saying Van Dyke has a great game every game, but the best players have that reputation and could put a little bit of doubt in, in some players' minds to think, up against it today. Yeah, I see what you mean. And although Watkins, Watkins has quite a good record against Van Dyke, I think he scored his. His hat trick in when he first signed for Villa, that was his first goal, and then his hat trick in the seven two at Villa Park. I had to mention that with you being 
Does that count? No fans? It was like a practice game. Oh, of course it counts. It's in the record books, isn't it? He's got the ball to show for it. I'm sure he'd be he'd be saying it counts. Now let's let's move on to Villa. Obviously, you're you're a neutral in this situation, so it's always nice to get you know as Villa fans we can get quite sucked into everything. So as a neutral, what are your thoughts on Villa? Good team. Um, don't get the, the how people are getting carried away about talking about them being top four candidates. I have to be honest. Because I'm looking at the Premier League and how competitive it is, how tough it is. Now, Emery's done a great job there and he's took you into the Europa League Conference League. But it's been a long time since Villa have been competing in the top half of the Premier League. So I think for Villa, uh, and you may correct me, but I'm thinking if you can get in the top half again and maybe try and sneak a European place, I still see that as progression for Villa rather than thinking that you can squeeze into the top four. You've got the conference campaign, which you could win. You know, West Ham showed that last season. I think Villa are a better side than perhaps West Ham were last season. But you saw what the conference league did to West Ham. You know, they had a good season, then they dipped off. So so for me, Villa have to show a little bit more consistency. I'm not convinced with them away from home. Like I say, at home, I think you're a good team. I'd be thinking that's a really tough game. Villa at home is a get is a th- where I'm thinking we might drop points, but I don't see them winning. That that's the big difference. How many how many big games have Villa won away? You'll throw Chelsea and Spurs at me last season. I get that, but have you been to City, to Arsenal, to Liverpool? And when Villa do go to those places and start picking up points and wins, that's when for me Villa become a side we can really talk about as top four. But yeah, Emery's improved yet. You're a good side. You carry a threat. Is it a good time to play Villa with all your injuries? I looked at your injury list and thinking, wow, you've got some injuries there. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm confident we won't lose the game, but I know how tough the game will be as well because a draw would, would still be possible later this weekend. No, I, I completely agree. I got some stick at the start of the season. We did our predictions and I said anything above ninth or eighth would be happy as long as we go on that long, deep run into the Conference League. You know, our first season back in Europe after 13 years. So it's just about trying to find that balance of how can you rest the squad enough so that you don't drop down the league, except we saw it with West Ham last season. I'm confident that Emery is the right man to have in this situation, but you you just never know, do you? So I'm used to watching us in the Championship losing one nil to Bolton in the snow. So this is this is unprecedented times for me. Um, I was I was there when Jack Grealish scored that worldie against Derby from the corner. Remember that one? Four nil. Yeah, he'd just come back from injury when it, it was his first game as captain. That's that goal. Anyway, that was <laughs> a memory from from Championship with Villa. <laughs> now you you touched on Emery slightly and and what you think of him. I'm gonna slightly change the question. You wake up on Sunday and. By some miracle, you not you are now Unai Emery, but with the same knowledge that Neil Mellor has. How do you set that Villa team up in the dressing room to best exploit Liverpool's weaknesses? I think a lot of Villa fans would would turn around on the M6 and go, "I'm not going to go and support the team if he's in charge." Um, now, I, I mean, the the way obviously teams have have done well against Liverpool is is overload the left hand side because of the way that Liverpool have been playing with Trent as sort of a hybrid right fullback, uh, obviously without Canate. It becomes more of a concern. Sobosla has helped out on that right-hand side. So if, I think for Villa, you, you sort of overload that side, look to counter-attack on the pace. Liverpool will play a high line. So with the pace you have, you'll have chances. Um, but also defensively, knowing that McAllister can get in really good areas, you can't allow him space in between the lines, whether it's Gakpo, Jota, playing as a false nine, that would be a worry for Villa. If Nunes plays, you know he's going to run in behind. So you just limit the space and sort of drop a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a close game. I really do think it'll be a close game. We can see both teams scoring. 
and it'll just be a case of VAR behaving and uh, and, the, and the team who takes the chances. But like I said, I don't see Liverpool losing, and I'm being biased, of course, I am. But that Anfield record is is pretty special, and it's difficult to to get the result. But if it was one one, you know, I think Villa would be would probably be happier. You mentioned a few scorelines there. I am going to push you now for your for your score prediction. I'm Liverpool. I'm going to say Liverpool to win, um, but 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 it will be close. Uh, and if you look at the history of this fixture, it is a close game. So if we were to win 2-1 or 1-0, I'd be absolutely buzzing. So when t- fans go to the ground, they're oh, 3-0, 4-0. Against Villa, I'd be absolutely buzzing if we can nick it by one goal, because I know it will be close. So, uh, yeah, that's I'd be happy with 1-0 or 2-1. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, I probably wouldn't be as happy with that, but we'll wait, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Now, my last question for you before I let you go is we always like to end the podcast on a non-football related question, which gets passed down from our guests of each episode. So before you ask that last question, I will, I will ask you a question. Oh, no, well, I don't I, like this. One of my toughest ever opponents was an Aston Villa defender. Now, the question to you is this. Name your three best Aston Villa defenders in the Premier League. You name your three and I'll tell you if my toughest opponent was one of them or not. Who's okay. your best three in the Premier League for Villa? Come on. Are we are we going hold on, I just need to clarify the rules here. Are we going best for Villa or players defenders who have played for Villa their career as a whole? Because obviously no, John no, Terry would be no, in there otherwise. No, 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 for Villa. So I don't I don't want them coming to Villa and playing five games and you claiming that he was he was best at Chelsea. For Villa, who are your three best Villa defenders in the Premier League. Now, obviously, the way I've worded the question, you might throw a current one. I've been retired 10 years, so... so Yeah, of course, back of course. Oh, you're pressing. And by the way, if you did throw a modern one in, I'd, I'd be asking questions. <laughs> um, OK, well, Paul, Paul McGrath's got to be in there. OK, he, so there's one. Two he more. has to be in there. Um, oh, you really are pushing me here, aren't you? Um, Testing your knowledge for, for sort of... Well, wow, the problem is I'm quite young, so late <laughs> players I've seen, I'd probably go with Ron Vlaar. Um, well, okay, go with Olaf Vlaar. Melberg. Olaf Melberg is my second. So, so far we've got McGrath and Melberg. Yeah. And I am going to go for it's between three for me. <laughs> for that last spice between three. I, I'm sitting on the fence here, but I'm... Throw the names up then. Who are the three? Okay, the three are Steve Staunton, Gareth Southgate, and obviously Hugo, rest his soul. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm going to well, go for Hugo in that last in that last spot. Hugo Ekiogi. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, pretty sure he played last time. You you, you might have beat us at Villa, but anyway, um, Anfield. The, the toughest opponent for me in my, in my career, whilst obviously I didn't have loads of games at the top level, was Melberg. He was. Was it Melberg? He, he was fast. He was strong. It was like a brick wall. I looked yeah. at him and I thought. How strong are you? And he, he was the toughest opponent for me. So yeah, he was. Uh, I made up that you put him in that top three because otherwise, <laughs> was he that good? But obviously, I'm glad that Villa fans must have thought he was decent as well because I thought he was very good. He, he is an absolute hero down B6. Every time he comes back, he gets a a real hero's welcome. So yeah, no, he 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 has to be in the top three. But I don't know whether he's better than Paul McGrath was. I don't think yeah. he is. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't play against him, so I wouldn't know. Right, <laughs> well, what's your last question then? That, good... Right, so my last question is: if you could have one superpower for for, for twenty four hours, what would it be? What would you do, and why? Why couldn't you prepare me for this question? Ah, uh, see, this is the best question because it puts everyone on the spot and they're all they're all bamboozled. A superpower for for how long? For twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. What would you do? What would it be, and why? So, take your time with this. No rushing. 
would you use teleportation would you fly yeah, would you i think so i think so yeah maybe maybe teleportation to 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 go to any a few different locations in the world um, where would you go probably australia because it's too far to go now so don't <laughs> fly in that um yeah pretty pretty boring answer really but yeah, not a time to prepare, and that's the best I can come up with. So teleport myself to different parts of the world that I'd probably never likely to visit. Well, not there you go. On football related, so there you go. Exactly, exactly. And you thought that question was hard. I've got one more for you. If you could have a non-football related question to pass down to the next guest, what would it be? Non-football related. Anything as long we had um we had your colleague Mark McAdam on, and um our question to him was, do you put the milk or cereal in first? And his answer was, I don't like cereal, so neither. So we've we've had loads of questions. We've had, do you tuck your shirt into your underpants? So as long as it's not football related, it'll do. Should we just go for a nice simple one with with your coffee? Do you put your milk in before the hot water for your coffee? Oh, okay. That yeah, that's a good one. Well, actually, on the topic of coffee, we had a Man City guest called Amos Murphy on, and his question is, for a brew, is a tea and a coffee are they both brews? He was having a very big argument with his girlfriend uh, about this. Brews definitely tea. Would you class coffee as a brew as well? Very occasionally, yeah. I'd accept it, but I'd want someone to say coffee rather than the brew. Yeah. There we go. We're getting all of the answers out of you today. Now, unfortunately, we have no more questions for you. That is all we have time for today. As always, a massive thank you to our guest, Neil, for joining us today. It's hugely appreciated. If for some bizarre reason you aren't already following him, his Twitter and Instagram is at neilmeller 33 Now the more likely option, if you aren't following us, make sure to find us on Twitter at 7500 to halt for more episodes. Thank you all for listening. And I've been Sebastian. Be polite with your tweets as well if you beat us. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.